0: episode of sports cards live with your host Jeremy Lee All right, hello everybody and welcome to episode number 148 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, July the 2nd, 2022 and my name is Jeremy Lee. I do want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July weekend all my American friends. Hope that my fellow Canadians had an amazing Canada Day yesterday. Safe and fun day for all of you. I want to thank Nate Ballant in Cardboard Veritas for joining us last week. What was an amazing episode, if I might say so myself. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And from the feedback, I know you all did too. Tomorrow on Collectible Live, our guest is Reza Arian, also known as Black Mamba Exquisite on Instagram. That will be tomorrow night on this channel at 7 o'clock Eastern. And the final episode of the Tag Reveal series is next Saturday, july the 9th i do want to shout out center stage app download the app in the app store for quick comps whether you're strolling through card shows or pricing your cards if you are a vendor the app is continuously improving and i do know they are releasing some new features soon join me in supporting these hobbypreneurs as they endeavor to make the hobby even better than it already is Also, pristineauction.com is one of the most trusted sports memorabilia and collection and collectibles auction sites, and their biggest promotion of the year, Pristine Week, is here from July the first to the seventh. Every account receives a site credit for up to two hundred and fifty dollars. That's right, two hundred and fifty dollars for each account on their site with multiple auctions loaded with top tier autographs ending daily. You can always find a great deal, so make sure that you head on over to pristineauction.com. And use code SCL when you sign up. Also want to shout out the hobby's middleman service, TradeSafe, your risk-free alternative for trades and buy-sells on any peer-to-peer marketplace or social media platform. TradeSafe has created a service, a process, and a team that makes remote dealing much safer than ever before. It's now fully digital. The website has been completely relaunched and it's easier than ever before. TradeSafeHub.com. Check it out. I do want to thank all you subscribers, all you viewers, all you podcast listeners. If you're not yet subscribed, please take a moment and do so. And as always, tonight, your comments, your questions are in play. Let's get to it. But before we do, before we get to tonight's guest, I do want to bring on Tim from Slab Strong to talk about a charitable initiative that he has for Signature for Soldiers. Let's bring out Tim. Tim, welcome to the opening of the show. Tell us what you have going on with Signature for Soldiers.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. So, um, yeah, this year at the National, it is currently live. It's a 30-day auction, so it's live right now on pristine.com. Pristine and Signature for Soldiers are, are working together this year at the National. So I donated the Pat Tillman PSA 10 downtown with a special Slab Strong American flag case on it. The card itself is at Pristine, but here's a quick example of what the American flag case looks like. And uh, so, like I said, right now it's up to twelve bids. It ends the thirtieth. You'll be able to see it on display at the national at Pristine's auction. I mean, at Pristine's booth, and it's just something that I've uh, been working on for almost two years now to get this done.
0: Awesome! That that's really good to hear. And it's funny. It's like this is a coincidence, but um, Pristine Auction is who is hosting the auction. They are a sponsor of Sports Cards Live, so that's a nice coincidence. But the other one is that. TradeSafe, of which I'm a partner in, uh, helped you out with this. Can you just explain what we did for you?
1: Yeah, so I have been looking for this card for two years. There's a couple on eBay, to be honest with you. They're overpriced for what I was trying to do. I just couldn't spend that much to get it. And then it just wouldn't. It, 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 the comp was crazy. So I went to Delmar Mar card show, looked around everywhere, found a couple that had it, but they didn't bring it to the show because they never planned on selling it. I explained to them what it was for. I flew home the next week, and it was like, you know, I have their card at this moment. Uh, the couple is Bayview cards, Cat and Tim. Thank you so much. And so I wanted to make sure it went smoothly, right? I had just met them, and this is a big thing for me. So we actually went through TradeSafe to make it happen, and I couldn't have been any happier. It went smoothly all the way around. And so now it's in my possession, and there's so many good people involved, right? Like, So, you know, TradeSafe's involved, right? You're, you're having me on today. So another announcement I want to make. So not only are people going to get the PSA 10, Pat Tillman, uh, for, and, and 100% of the proce- uh, sale is going to Signature Personas, 100%. Uh, you're also going to get two custom pieces from my friend at Stand-Up Displays uh, with a facsimile auto. And I did reach out to the Pat Tillman Foundation as well. So they are, are involved and they are aware of what I'm doing. So, cool. And then you're also going to get a custom piece from um, show your slab. So there's a lot of good people involved. I've had so much help. And so once again, thank you for having me on. And it's just been amazing the kind of hobby love that I'm getting.
0: That's it. great. Well, kudos to you for uh, spearheading the initiative for being charitable for involving the hobby and letting other uh, companies and individuals sort of be a part of it. I think it's awesome, Tim, uh, really admire what you're doing with it. So thank you for that. Thanks. And it's it's nice that uh, I'm glad you're using Christine and if you're going to register and look for the card on there, use the code SCL. That way they they know that their their uh, investment in Sports Cards Live is paying off. So if you use SCL when you register, um, you can get $10 off the Pat Tillman card and also win up to $250 credit on their site if you buy something by July the 7th, I believe it is. All right, Tim, final comment or are we good?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you'll see at the National, I'm going to have posters handing out flyers with the QR code on it. The goal is to get as many eyes as possible. Let's raise some money for signature for soldiers. Thank you, Jeremy. I will see you soon, I assume at the national.
0: I will be there. You betcha.
1: Thank you so much, man. Have a great show
0: tonight. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for coming by. All right. All right. well, that was uh, that was great. He's doing good things. I think that's just awesome. Well, let's get on with the show. Let's get on with let's let's talk about tonight's guest. He is one of my favorite people in the hobby, especially after we spend so much time together at the November Expo in Toronto, along with our friend Sam. he His favorite athletes are Wayne Gretzky, Connor McDavid, and Michael Jordan. His favorite team is the Edmonton Oilers. He's originally from Edmonton, Alberta, currently hailing from Vancouver Island, British Columbia. Let's bring him out. Les Edwards, welcome to Sports Cards Live. How are you doing?
2: I'm awesome, man. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. You're welcome. It's good to have you. I like your, I like your kind of start looking down at you. Just kind of look up like that make sure we all know you're here it's good it's good to have you less uh we've been talking about having you on for a while um and like as i just mentioned we spent a ton of time together at the expo back in november we would have spent time at this last one I, I don't know if you were actually there if you were there we would have hung out but it was great just uh hanging out at the, at the at the booth having dinners together it was i just had a really good time hanging out with you so it's good to have you on today and uh let's get into it what do you think
2: yeah, let's do it. No, I would have liked to have been at that other show, but my yeah, my wife only lets me go to two a year, so I had to sit that one out.
0: All right, no problem. Well, first off, before we get into it, let's just say hello. We got Rich here. What's going on, Rich? Hello to you. We got Ralph in the house. What's going on, Ralph? He's Ralph is also known as Stamatis, but we call him Ralph. Hope everything is good with you. We got Eric Sanderson to Or says Tim is doing a great thing and has worked very hard to get this done. That's very nice. Philly Joe, what's going on? Pepino man in the house. How are you? MLW, Kevin McCarthy. Good to see you in the show live. And Latrell Sprewell, good to see you as well. So all right, Les, let's get into it. Let's just start with your history and the hobby. How did you start? Let's, let's hear it. Let's let's let the people uh, get to know you a little bit.
2: Yeah, sure, man. I mean, I got into it at a very, very early age. I was probably about maybe six or seven. The packs that I was buying at the time were 1985, 86. So around Lemieux rookie-ish time. And uh, yeah, it, it wasn't about the sport. It wasn't about the players. It was all about themes. So like we were that age, you know, guys would take their cards and they would play for other cards. You'd stand in between a portable and you throw the card against the portable closest to the edge of the portable, would take the card. So that's what we were doing pre-recess. We would play for each other's cards. And after a while, you know, I I amassed a, a pretty decent collection. So yeah, the, the goalies were, were my favorite cards at the time. Those were my grails. I, I still have the cards that, you know, were amongst my favorite when I was uh, when I was six, seven years old. So that was the best card in my PC at the time. This beat-up Grant Fear, love that card to pieces. The Bill Ranford rookie card, love that card too. You know, being a huge Oilers fan. And then this was my other favorite card, Peli Lindbergh. And see, in Look case in case kids my age couldn't figure it out, I even wrote "dead" there at the bottom <laughs> of the card.
0: I shouldn't. So I yeah, shouldn't just. Laugh. Uh, yeah, so, yeah just, I just just playing I...
2: for cards you know we we we, we had the portable game, we had the long distance comp. so you know you'd take a card, you'd stand at the front of a field, whip the card as far as you can, whichever card land the forest would win would win the other cards. so yeah, that's that's what got me into the hobby. So just competing with the other kids, you know stockpiling all these damaged puddle stained goalies um that's that's where the passion began. So, around 1990-91, uh, that's when I started, you know, taking cards a bit more seriously, taking better care of them. And by better care, I mean, instead of taping them to the wall as wallpaper, I would have them in binders, right? So, I loved ripping. I loved ripping the 90-91 upper deck all the way up until 90, 94. Um, Yeah, you know, using the inserts, the text-in lines. I was buying a lot of leaf. You know, I was always chasing those studio signature um, patches, uh, not the patches, the uh, the autographs and the painted warriors. I'm not sure if you remember what those cards yeah. looked like, but they were pretty fancy looking inserts. I love those cards. Yeah, I did that for about, you know, three, four years. And then I just stopped collecting, stopped collecting completely. You know, I was at that age. I was around 14, 15 You know, I was interested in other things like driving, girls, partying, drinking, you know, making money, that sort of thing. So I was out of the hobby completely for about 15 years. Didn't think about cards, didn't look at any of old cards. My mind was just on things that I deemed, uh, you know, more important at that time. So yeah, one day uh, I was at a buddy's house and, you know, we were having some drinks and, he pulled out vine of his old cards and I started flipping through them. And uh he had a Gretzky rookie. So yeah, just looking at that card, you know, just brought back all these flashbacks, you know, of flipping through the Beckett and you know, remembering how desirable that card was at the time. But when I was a young kid that age, cards like that were, you know, completely unattainable. You know, I was more in in the Mike Medano, Owen Nolan class of collecting, you know, I could even have own a Gretzky rookie with my paper route money back then. So uh, anyways, my buddy ended up giving me that card uh, for my birthday speed up. It was probably a PSA two, maybe PSA two, three, you know, if, if I was lucky. But yeah, that was uh, that was the catalyst, man. It uh, it sucked me back in. So that was around 19, no, sorry, that was around 2000, 2009 I started getting back into it. I had that Gretzky and then, you know, I uh, I wanted a Lemieux, so I had to find a nice Lemieux rookie. Got that and then I wanted the Gordie Howe, wanted the Bobby Orr. You know, I was making a bit more money, so I was trying to pick off, all these cards that I I idolized when I was a little kid, you know, and I, I remember that Gordie Howe, I didn't know much about grading. It was on eBay. It was a Beckett Collectors Club 7. So I saw the name Beckett. I thought I was getting a solid card with a solid grade. And uh, I think the guy won 2,000 Canadian for it. And I offered him, I offered him 1,100 and he accepted it. So I was sick to my stomach. I, I'd never spent that much money on a card. You know, I wasn't acting but uh, you, accept know, the, uh, the $1,100. And I was just like, man, I, I couldn't believe what I had done that I had spent that much money on a card, but, uh, you know, it ended up working out okay. Cause I, I flipped that card down the road for, you know, significant amount of money. Um, but anyways, yeah. So as I was getting back into the hobby, I was buying up this vintage, you know, after collecting all the, uh, The older players, I I wanted to get some of the newer players. So I was buying the OVs and the Stamkoses and the Crosbys and any all-star caliber players, you know, I I deemed worthy of my collection. You know, and then I remember one day just, you know, scanning eBay and uh, I seen this Martin St. Louis 0809 signature patch. And this was completely brand new to me seeing... Piece of a jersey a player played with on a card with an autograph for like 20 bucks. I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. So I bought it. And uh yeah, that was the uh that was the beginning of the auto patch obsession for me. That Martin St. Louis, you know. So then I ended up uh, you know, looking some more and I, I found these limited logos, you know, on the limited logos at the time. Well, still, um, those appealed the most to me because it was the largest size, you know, patch window and they were just beautiful cards. So I think it was 2010 and 11 um, when I, when I started, you know, buying up the uh, the limited logos there. Yeah. So that's probably, you know, where, where the whole infatuation with auto patches started just, you know, casually browsing through eBay and, and seeing these cards.
0: Well, that's uh, that's awesome, man. Thanks for taking us right through from the beginning until uh, your discovery of auto patch cards. And I appreciate you stopping there because it leaves us uh, some more things to talk about in terms of like how your collecting has evolved from there. It's fascinating how it evolved from, you know, those first those first grant that grand fear in the Bill Ranford card. Uh, but I do want, before we get on with that, I do want to ask, so you mentioned, you know, you'd collect the, the, you had the Gretzky, you needed the Lemieux, you needed the Gordy. How Did you ever venture outside of hockey, pick up a, any Michael Jordans, any baseball cards, anything outside of hockey in those earlier days?
2: No, like I remember uh, me and a couple of buddies would open up some basketball. I think it was hoops, um, but nothing too serious. That's kind of where the, uh, the interest died with, with other sports. I was, I was 99% a hockey guy for sure.
0: No problem. Okay, cool. Let's go to some comments and we're going to get into our, our first uh, or our next topic. I should say, first of all, hello to Skeppy. Happy fourth to everyone. Loves these collector episodes. As do I, uh, Ralph says, Les was playing for Kretzky limited logos against the wall. Sure thing. David G what's going on. Johnny F reminds you to hit the like button for the best show podcast and hobby. Thank you, Johnny F really appreciate that. And, Glad to have you watching live tonight. Uh Kevin says, a wicked guest tonight for sure. Frank Costella, good evening to you. J.H., ninety ninety one score hockey, a great rip back in the day as a kid. It sure was. It sure was. And Tim from Slab junk yes. still there. Glad to have you on at the beginning, Tim. I collect, I shoot, I post, says, this is one episode I had to catch live. Two great collectors having an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. And, uh, Mitch yeah. Grotman, who will be on after hours tonight says, it's a shame that less, that less spent such a passionate, it's a shame that less spent is such a passionate collectors and still doesn't have any good cards. I think I understand the comment, Mitch, but, uh, not sure. I totally get it, but I think we understand the sentiment and, uh, great to have you here. You will be on. Yeah. He says, oops. Okay, good. Ignore the spent. Still don't know. Start from the beginning, Mitch. I'll bring it back up. Okay let's get into it less. Uh, let's talk about, listen, I mean, I've, I've known you, I feel like we've known each other for gosh, probably like six or seven years going, not knowing you all that well at the beginning, but yeah. seeing you at the summit shows, you know, you'd come in, I knew Jordan Stewart, another collector out of, out of, well, he's out of Edmonton and he used, he'd come by, you'd be with him. And I kind of knew you as I even have you in my phone as Jordan Stewart's friend that just so I would know who you were. If I, uh, if I had to, Find you, and didn't remember your name back then before I really knew you. But I feel like we know each other really well now. And, uh, but I do remember back in the day, yeah, you'd be, you were one of these guys who'd walk through a card show. You were one of these guys where it's like, you never know what somebody actually has. You know, don't, don't come, don't make any assumptions. Just, uh, and when I kind of realized that you had some really nice cards and that you were. Um, someone who wasn't afraid to, to buy a nice card and, you know, put out some money that would be significant to most. Um, It was, it was just kind of neat, neat to see and to, and to, you know, kind of go from there and build our, build our relationship and our friendship. And, uh, and one thing I've noticed about you is that you are very disciplined. You're very, you're very um, focused. You're, you're, you know, I kind of call my, I kind of say that I'm a, I'm a sharpshooter in what I, when I buy singles, but you are like, uh, I don't know what's the extreme word or the extreme, um, you know, description of a, of a sharpshooter, but you really are uh, meticulous in what you, in what you buy. So why don't you just speak to like, how disciplined are you in terms of how cards fit into your personal collection?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely evolved over the years, too. Like, after, you know, that, that Martin St. Louis, I, I was buying every auto patch I could get my hand on. You know, so signature patches, honorable numbers, scripted even, um, you know, every limited logo of every half-decent player. Um, I probably had, you know, at least, and I know this isn't a lot compared to most collectors, but probably around, you know, or four or five hundred cards in the pc like decent cup auto patches you know hard signed mem cards and you know like two or three packages were coming every day and you know, it was very uh is a very contentious issue with the wife you know constantly seeing these packages come you know but i had her convinced they were just you know 10 50 cards and thankfully she didn't pay too much attention to the bank account there um yeah but anyways so like I said, it's evolved over time. And, you know, I just, I think it was the young guns and the rookies and you getting getting bored with cards and, and then trying to move them and, and losing money on most of them. And I just thought, like, man, like, I love collecting, but I'm not in it to lose money, you know? Like, I want to buy a card that's going to cost, you know, a significant amount of money, but at the very least – after enjoying a number of years, I want to at least be able to get my money back, you know? So for me, I just, I figured out rookies really weren't way to go. So I sold all of them. You tried to focus on players with established value, you know? So that took me to legends guys whose careers were already set in stone and they didn't necessarily ebb and flow like some of the other players that were, were still in the league. And Um, Yeah, just just trying to pare it down and, you know, trying to make the quality of the collection um, just more significant, trying to to give it identity, like a bit of a theme, you know, so I was focusing on just certain patches and and certain plates because I I wanted everything to just fit together. And also, I mean, I, I was trying not to buy more cards with, you know, personal family money. I was trying to buy cards with, you know, card money, cards that I'd make profits on, like, like most collectors do. And then, you know, sell those cards and just pump it back into the hobby. So, you know, sell 5, 10 cards and use that money to buy maybe one or two cards. So just constantly upgrading the quality, the overall quality of the action.
0: I remember you were telling me that you, you know, you, you had... Whatever I think you said you had at one point three or four thousand cards, and then you you scaled that down. You managed to pare it down to like a thousand, then you pared that down to six hundred, and then that down to three hundred. Can you speak to that and like where are you at right now? How many cards actually make up your 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 how many cards make up your PC? But also how many cards do you own? Because that that could be two different numbers.
2: Yeah, I mean like I've got the you know the crappy grand and stuff in and, and those cards you know number in the thousands but i obviously don't you know um pay attention to those they they're just around for for sentimental reasons but in my actual pc i i probably have about 45 cards
0: 45 I've got, yeah that's... i've got go ahead
2: yeah yeah for 45 about 45 last year um I was sitting around you know 7580 and a lot of those were were very nice cards you know cards that were you know thousands of dollars each and uh yeah I sold most of them and uh I used that money to uh to significant amount of cards um mean for for those that that follow me on on instagram i I, I put that, that one post up there of of all the cards that I accumulated in the year of in the year, uh, 2021. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the year I did most of the selling and, and most of the buying. Um, what was significant about that year? Um, you know, I I would just say that it was post COVID, you know, the market was obviously picking up for, for some of these, you know, harder to obtain cards and new collectors were coming a lot of multi-sport guys, Stuff was just starting to dry up and I wanted to make sure I grabbed what I deemed to be, um, you know, elite, elite high end cards before they were, you know, scooped up by some of the big dogs in in basketball and, uh, you know, gone for a long time.
0: And you so but, I'll just you, uh, I'll yeah. pull up that picture here.
2: Really, I'll pull up that picture here really quick, just so you can uh, kind of see here. Just all the cards that I picked up. That was all in in 2021.
0: Yeah, there's some bangers on the there. The Gretzky built
2: in there. Yeah, the exquisite, yeah, a yeah. bunch of Oilers Limited logos.
0: Some very good cards in there. And for anyone, if you're listening on the podcast later on, he's just showing a post on his Instagram. Uh, you can follow Les on Instagram. I'll put it up on the ticker right now as well. At Leslie Snipes 187 L E S L E Y Snipes 187 on Instagram to see what he just shared with us uh, on the video here. Um, okay, I'm going to go to a few, a couple comments here first. Now, Mitch worked out his his uh, his chirp. He says it's a shame that Les is such a passionate collector and still doesn't have any good cards. Obviously, uh, Les has several good cards. Charles Smith is very excited for this episode. I've heard the folklore around Les's cards for some time, and Cat. Cabin says that uh, less is the set builder's worst nightmare. That's we should stop right there uh, and and talk about it before. Well, I'm gonna leave that up. I'm gonna go. We'll come back to that in a second here. Um, Dave Bolaton says, yeah, four to five hundred cards isn't even a, a top set. That's right. Uh, punt pass click. This guy's the Mister Miyagi of the hobby, and that you know there that there's truth to that just based on uh, how far he goes to get some cards. Definitely. What is ter- oh? This is true. This is true. I both Terry says these two guys, and he's talking about me and Les stalked Terry for quite some time. They should both send me all their Gretzky cards to make up for my sleepless nights. Yeah, we both wanted one of Terry's cards pretty bad. He ended up selling it to neither of us, but we both ended up with a copy of that card. So that's okay too, for sure. You
2: know, uh, want to... to- uh...
0: Go ahead. I think you're frozen. Oh, I was just, uh, I, says, yeah, all right, so Beth, I, let's be honest. When you buy patch cards now, you really connect with, do you touch the patches?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the thought of, of having to grade these cars at, at, at some point, you know, like I, I don't like it at all. I, I love being able to take the top off the one touch, you know, and, and look at the patch and there's just the vibrance beauty to it that you'll never be able to capture. In his So, yeah, yeah, I
0: touch him all the time. <laughs> awesome. And David Chow, Shanghai collector, says this guy needs to start selling me some of his cards. I am putting you on the spot, right on. And David was on with it on the show here just a few weeks ago. Good to see you, Dave. As always, Dexflow says Terry, who do you got winning the money in the bank tonight? I don't. Who do you got winning the Money in the Bank tonight? Okay, so I want to go back to to Kevin's comment here because it's actually like you know he says later on that Les knows I'm playing, but you're not really playing, Kevin, because Les does kind of hoard certain cards that he thinks are extremely important that he loves. So Les, what is your perception on 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 this comment? I'm like this is not to put you guys against each other at all. I think I agree with Kevin. He makes a very astute comment. But what do you make of that less?
2: Well, I mean, I'm I'm a set builder too, right? Like some of those cards have a print run of 10 and I'm trying to get all 10.
0: He's trying trying to get trying to get all so instead of building a set that has like, you know, 50 different cards, if there's if there's a print run of 10, he wants the set of all 10 of that card. And why is it what what is it about having all those cards that appeals to you?
2: So, you know, I'm I'm only really doing that with, with two cards. So that's the uh the 0607 How Limited logo, and that's the uh the uh 11, 12 Gretzky Oilers Limited logo. So I mean I'll I'll get into the significance of the uh the Gretzky Oilers Limited logo in a bit here, but like the how to me is is one of the most beautifulest cards ever made, you know, and I, I remember seeing it. For the first time, um, at a at a show in, I think it was Expo in Toronto about three or four years ago, and that card was sitting there for the entire show for through Canadian, you know, and and nobody wanted to buy it. That was you know a significant amount of money for a limited logo at the time, you know. But I I just loved it. I loved it. I thought it was a few thousand dollars overpriced, but I just I needed it because it, it was such a gorgeous card to me you know and uh yeah so every, every one i have opportunity to to buy i i just i just want because i love the card so much and i i do feel bad you know for blocking some of the set collectors who you know need that last card to complete their sets you know but uh at the same time um yeah i just want them all for myself so i don't really know what else to say
0: yeah. Hey, listen. That you know what? It's a it's a free market, and uh, and you listen. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to who wants it more, right? And whoever wants it more and can back that up with with the money it takes to acquire them is going to own the own, own that card. And uh, that's just really all there is to it. It's uh it's just the way the world you, works. You, so. Yeah,
2: you you hit the nail on the head. Like I have six of the uh of the ten and a half limited logos, and it's not like I'm winning all of these on eBay. You know, like I'm I'm pulling these out of collections from from people who aren't wanting to sell and I'm paying a significant premium to get these cards that that other people aren't willing to pay, you know. So I either pay the money or they stay in those collections.
0: Probably never to see the light anyway, light of day anyway. So that makes sense. A couple of questions have come in for you. Steve Sue wants to know, aside from limited logos, what is your favorite subset from the cup?
2: You know, it's it's got to be monumental patches for sure. You know, like as the uh, as the limited logos have have dried up, and you know they're getting just extremely hard to obtain now. Like especially top patches of of even the second class. You know, of players like mm-hmm. Forsberg and Lindros and Yager and and guys like that. Um, you know, we gotta gotta look elsewhere to. To feed the addiction. So I, I focused on monumental patches. Um, just again, you know, like biggest patch with size, very, very limited print run, and they're just extremely gorgeous, beautiful cards. So I'd, I'd have to say monumental patches for sure, Steve.
0: Yeah, and they're definitely uh, beautiful cards for sure. Dexflow says less, keep hoarding them. Don't let these guys pressure you to sell. Which is which is funny because it's like, I even know that if Les has a card that I really want, I'm not even gonna bother to try to get it. I'm just gonna let him keep it and uh, like let him keep it. Like I have a, an option in the matter, but I'm just not even gonna gonna even like broach the subject because I just know that it's not gonna happen. So it's just it's just kind of the way it goes. Punt pass click. here here, he makes a great comment here. He says, if you own them all, you set the market, it's a way to be able to protect your downside. Has that part of it entered your mind less as, a, as one of the strategies or one of the results of, of your your um, mission to kind of have all these cards?
2: Yeah, no, of, of course. That's probably, you know, one of the main reasons. Um, you know, uh, another thing that, that kind of frustrated me and, you know, sort of why I adapted my, my collection there was I would and I'll, I'll use vintage as an example, you know, some of the newer cards like the Gretzky rookies, the Lemieux rookies, you know, the, uh, the market's all about comps. There's so many of those cards already produced and, you know, they, they ebb and flow and they might be at a certain amount. And then, you know, a guy gets desperate. He wants to sell one off, you know, he sells it a beeper. That's the new comp. That's what's everyone, everyone's expecting to pay, you know, and that, that kind of drove me crazy. So, You know, with with cards like this, exactly like I I set the market, you know, I protect the value Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's that's for sure. Probably the the main reason I'm trying to scoop as many of them I can now for sure.
0: Yeah, good, good. Johnny F loved your comment. It's $15 honey to to mail days. And then Dave Bolaton is talking about, uh, you know, if you're concerned about not losing money, are you worried that rarity will become the enemy of demand long term? If you own them all, there may not be a market. But I think that's just not not even in the realm of of, of this topic because the cards that you are owning are in high demand always because they're Wayne Gretzky and Gordy Howe. It's like saying if you're buying all the all the Mickey Mantle 52 tops, there won't be a market anymore. That's just clearly not true. So I don't think that comment applies uh, in, the, in his case here, uh, Dave. Charles says, you, 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 you know, Dave, sorry, go ahead. No, go
2: ahead. Yeah, no, I'm was going to like Dave makes an extremely good point. And I, I do think it's, it's applicable. Like I, I think about that, especially with the, uh, with Gretzky Oilers limited logos. Cause you know, like I, I used to get constantly hounded by a lot of multi-sport guys who, you know, were coming in, they wanted Gretzky. They wanted Gretzky's best card. Um, you know and a, and a lot of guys they they love those limited logos basketball collectors so they they would constantly hound me for the Gretzky and you know those conversations went nowhere you know two of them basically told me to just name my price money's not a new and we we never even got as far as discussing numbers those were easy shutdown conversations so you know the, there is a fear that these guys are gonna lose interest and uh for forget about them eventually so, you know, one thing that used to worry me in the past was, you know, like let's say down the road, Upper Deck gets more Oilers, Gretzky's jerseys, and you know, they start pumping out more Oilers game used auto patches. You know, it's it's gonna dilute the market, the value of my collection may go down, but it's a good thing to because it's make cards like that available to more people. There's going to be more comparable markets and it'll be easy to, uh, you know, to assign values to those cards, which are extremely, if not impossible to do right now.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I, I I just don't really agree that they're going to forget about it. It's like these, these two cards that you are trying to get most of them of um, those are cards that are always going to be in demand. Now, if, upper deck all of a sudden acquires more game, more Wayne Gretzky game used jerseys and cuts those up and puts them into cards, there could be, you know, again, more supply is going to have an effect on the demand and that will affect the prices. Uh, And you got to think eventually they may find one, but the prices of those jerseys have shot up in the last few years as well. So if it didn't fit yeah, into, yes. their, into their finance budgets, you know, five years ago, I don't see them fitting into their budgets in 2022 and, and beyond. So Um, I guess we'll see punt pass click kind of agreed with me says it's laughable when you, when it comes to the cards that you're going after. And I still do agree with that. Uh, Mitch says here, I've seen three people personally give up on building the 0607 limited logo sets single-handedly because of less. You got to respect the dominance. I don't think the demand will ever go away. I don't either. And uh, you know, there's two things there. One is it's too bad. Those people had to, had to throw in the towel on the set building. Um, but hey, that's just the nature of of, of of a market. But the other side is, well, now their incomplete set goes back into the market for other collectors to have too. So it might uh, have have a bit of the opposite impact on other cards as well. Um, and uh, Jay says, what were these Gretzky selling for at the peak last year compared to now? Are you willing to kind of? Sh-? And now most of these deals happen privately, less so. Up to you. Do you want to kind of share any of that information?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, the last public private, uh, sorry, the last public sale was that that limited logo, you know, that sold on eBay coming close to two years ago, I think. Yeah, I think it was in I I can't remember. I think it was in March or April of of 2021. Um, Yeah, so that ended up going for around 28k Canadian. Um, and that was the last public auction. So um, I've picked up a few pieces since then. Um, one more limited logo, and I, I did pay significantly more for that limited logo than than what the uh, what the last one sold for. And I still think I stole it, even though I spent uh, a lot more money than I was wanting to. Um, you know, I, I had to have the card because. My ad obviously increases the overall value of the collective so I was getting that card no matter what um yeah
0: no matter what yeah. nothing's gonna stop me okay I'll say'm gonna go one. back I'm gonna go back to the comment here from Charles he says uh, he asks us both less so he says how would you compare a limited logo rookie so limited logo rookie year card because limited logos aren't true rookie cards so a limited logo, rookie year card versus an exquisite rookie patch auto which is a rookie card he says the exquisite seems to be the main rpa i think the cup usually is though uh but the non-game oh, used patches yeah. don't don't do it for me and you know my thought is i'm not sure which ones are game used which ones aren't but if one is game used that's definitely for me charles um the the, the more important card um that would be my my thoughts i, I don't know less can you add anything to that As you I think uh, for
2: a card. I think a good example of that would be McDavid. So there's the exquisite rookie patch, beautiful card, which is event used, and uh, here's a here's a rookie limited logo, which is game oh. used.
0: Oh my God! So
2: even though your card is 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 a rookie, um, I, I know what card I'd rather have.
0: Hands down and it's, not it's not even
2: close. Not anyway. even
0: close. Not even close. That limited logos, yeah. first of all, listen, and any any of those limited logos, if that's out of 50, I mean there's 49 other ones. You definitely have the, the key copy out of all 50 because you got the tip of the oil drop, which is what kind of you want in hockey from the Oilers piece. But any of those game yeah. use limited logos to me would be more desirable than an exquisite RPA with a, a photo shoot jersey. Um, that's just me though. I know a lot of people don't care if it's game used or photo shoot, but I think most people are starting to care about that more and more now. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely yeah, agree definitely with you on yeah. that. Less. Uh, okay. Uh, let's just see what we have here for a comment. And then we're going to get to another que- Skeppy says, uh, less your exquisite. RPA Gretzky is ridiculous, is ridiculous. Cool. That card would be worth nothing. And I still want it. That's the card that, that both Les and I wanted from Terry that we both ended up, uh, uh, obtaining alternative copies for sure. Uh, Eric wants to know if you're able to show any of your collection. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some show and tell, uh, more show and tell a little bit later. Charles very impressed by that limited logos for sure. Skeppy agrees to the though that the game used is the night is the nicer patches. Well, they may not always be nicer, but when they are, that's definitely I think they're definitely more important. And Grotman says I think it depends on the player. Exquisite probably gets the edge if less than like yeah, Macar's out of eight copies versus his limited logos which would be out of 50 but even still that depends if you're okay with a photo shoot patch versus a game worn patch i'm still going to take the game worn patch over over the scarce i'd rather get a different scarce card myself anyway or a different card out of eight myself let's 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 uh let's talk a bit more about monumentals because you told me a story about the grant fear monumental and sort of how it was a card that you were maybe going to acquire i'll let you take it from there can you tell the story and the the significance of of this the non-deal the non-acquisition of the grant Fear monumental
2: you know, just uh you know speaking into uh you know the the themes and and the fit of the pc that i was i was speaking to her um so yeah you had uh you know justin and adam on your show the uh the monumental museum brothers um one of your earlier episodes and uh you know much like I've, I've cornered the market for for some of these gretzky and Howe pieces they absolutely you know ran the monopoly on on monumental patches all the best ones they controlled everything um so we've actually you know communicated all over the years and uh i've, I've bought some significant pieces um off of those guys and uh, yeah, just, just slowly starting to pick away as, as more and more become available. But you know, at the same time, it's, it's all about the fit, right? Like they, they have this gorgeous grant fear game used oil that, that I absolutely love and I would love to have in my collection. Um, But you know, it, it just, it just doesn't fit with the McDavid and the Crosby and the Iserman, you know? So as much as I'd love to own a card like that, I just, I, am very meticulous about how everything fits together in the PC. So there's lots of cards I'd love to have, but I I just pass on because of that fit, that lack I of think, fit.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think, and just if I could put it in my own words, and if you could check uh, check the private chat for a sec Les, while I while I just talk uh, while I just talk about this for a moment, um, I think a lot of that is really. You know you've you've honed your collection down to such a small amount of cards that if you were to add us if you were to add, oh yeah, Dave makes a good comment. He says, create a second PC and a third, you're getting exactly to it, Dave, right? It's like, but less is so focused that if you were to add a card of a player that doesn't fit into the rest of it, that opens up another twenty players to choose from to add add cards to your collection from. And if you were trying to be, really really focused then that's just the way it that's the way you're gonna go so okay i i asked uh les i see you there i asked les to come in on his phone because he's, he's a little choppy on the computer so i'm gonna let's remove you from the computer bring you on on the phone let's do that really quick here here there you go can you hear me there you go can you hear me you go yeah can you hear me? Okay, and I kicked your other one. So now I think we are good. Um, say something quick, just to make sure you're, okay, yeah, you are, you are, this is much better. Okay, we're gonna stick with this now, Les. Unfortunately, your other connection, it was just way too choppy. And I thought we'll go with this and hope this will improve it for everybody watching and we'll continue on. Um, so we were just talking about, the, you, know, you, you were considering adding this wonderful card. You didn't, because if you were to add it, it would open up, So many more players who now become within the scope of your PC, and that's right. right? That's going to mean less focus, more money, and 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 why don't you want to do that? Like, why don't you want to open up your scope, broaden it?
2: You know, I think like I was telling you the other day, right? So if I if I get that grant here, I'm gonna need a Messier. I'm gonna need a Curry. You know, I'm gonna need a Paul Coffee. You know, I'm gonna need all the players that that fit in that grouping and you know part of it has to do with budget for sure you know i i want to save that money for for those cards that i'm truly passionate about and you know i i just don't want i don't want to have any cards in my pc that um you know might be difficult to move down the road you know for for that same amount of money right so like Getting that fear, I'd, I'd probably have to pay pay a premium. Am I gonna necessarily get that money back is easy? I, I don't know for sure. you know,'m I'm, I'm more confident with the Gretzkys and the Crosbys and the house, cetera, but not not so much with some of those other players. you so, know, like take a player like like Taylor Hall, for example, you know, like I could spend 20, thirty thousand building the most insane Taylor Hall PC ever invented, you know, all of his shields, his RPAs, his property of his best cards. But when it comes time to to get out of that, is anybody aside from maybe Taylor Hall himself going to pay me that much money for that collection? Probably not. So I just, I don't even well, want
0: to go there. Yeah, you're, you're, you you chose that, you chosen you chose Taylor Hall as an example, but I'd, re, you know, th- there's a big difference there. Number one is, you know, when you're comparing and I know you're not doing this, but let me just explain Gretzky, how Lemieux to Taylor Hall, you're talking three of the greatest to ever lace them up hall of famers. Careers are over wonderful players, the best ever. And then you got Taylor Hall, you know, he didn't, he was the first overall draft pick, but he didn't last with the Oilers very long. He's, he's bounced around a little bit, what have you. So, you know, that's, that's a diff- that would almost be prospecting. And I'm not a prospector either. But if you were to open up your collection to other Hall of Famers like Grant Fuhrer, Steve Iserman, Joe Sakik, Mike Medano, Bobby Hall, like anyone else, you know, why don't you want to open to Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur? Some of these players are there reasons why you don't want to go to them? Because, like you've talked about getting your money back, you're you're clearly. You're a collector there's no doubt about that in my mind but you're a collector who's very fiscally conscious and I think that's responsible you have you got kids you got a family so it it makes sense to me but uh is it and I understand this but is it simply like look if I add this one card of Grant Fear now like you said I'm going to need all these other guys and it will go out of control and then I'll then I'll be like oh now I got to go backwards and I got to sell these all and and kind of consolidate into maybe you know one big Gretzky card or something like that is that just kind of where you're at you know that that collector that that made that comment
2: about having like uh like a side B PC or a side C PC. Like I I do have that. So uh, I I've, I've got my Grails with my you know like my big money cards, my big players. But then I've I've got like a smaller sort of sentimental collector limited logo PC. You know guys like Solani, those nice Solanis that I have, Iserman, Sakik, You know Matt Sundin. You know, and, and that's the type of PC where I would, you know, maybe try to add a Grant Fuhrer or a Marc Messier. But okay. like those limited logos are just so hard to find now, man. Like you, you can't find any nice patches of Hall of Fame players for, for decent money anymore. Just it doesn't happen. So I'm I'm looking, I'm refreshing eBay every day, 30 times a day, like most collectors waiting to snipe something that shows up, but it just, it doesn't happen very often.
0: Yeah. And you know, uh, you know, you talk about how it's impossible to find any nice limited logos. That's because limited logos have become a big chase for not only not only like set collectors, but also just like nice card collectors. People that just want to build a collection of cards that catch their eye. And, you know, you've got Tierro, He He's snapping up limited yeah. logos like he's he's helping to to set that market for for limited logos. And he's buying up amazing cards all the time. So, yeah, for you're sure. Right. No, just right. just
2: looking at just looking at the at the evolution of of the limited logo. You know, like I I know back in the day, um, you know, there's some older collectors, you know, that that have those amazing sets. You know that that basically, they they had their pick of the litter. You know, like they could wait, they could find the best players, the best patches, be selective. Like there were some collectors, you know, that I've that I've spoken to that were we're turning away Gretzky Oilers limited logos for a thousand bucks because they were too much money at the time, you know? And, uh, I really believe like, so I got into the limited logo chases with, with a couple other collectors. So Jordan Stewart was one of them. TJ Williams was, was another guy. He's Dipsy McDangles on, on Instagram. And we were just sniping every single decent player limited logo we could find between the three of us, we had hundreds and hundreds of of the best limited logos you know that that were ever created and I, I really think that contributed to the demand and and the spike of of interest in in limited logos just because we we were insta buying everything and they were becoming that much more difficult to find. And then as those started becoming more scarce and, you know, we, we started going in, in different directions, guys like Tiero and, you know, Kenny Chang and, you know, some of these newer multi-sport guys wanting to build sets have, have kind of taken that over, you know. And even though some of the other cards have been dipping with this, you know, this recession as of the last little bit, like those limited logos are still holding strong. You know, there'll always be... A solid core of die-hard collectors that will always be fighting tooth and nail to get those cards. You know, I I say those cards are market proof, and I I really do believe they are.
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. Okay, a couple of comments here. Fire Sports says uh, hello to us. Beautiful cards. As an only game used collector, I can appreciate. So he only collects game used memorabilia. I, I maybe or game used sports cards. I, I guess. I'm not sure if I'm not sure fire if you mean game used mem or game used mem in sports cards, but either way, glad you can appreciate seeing some of those. And uh, Charles says, I do admire Les's discipline regarding curating a specific collection rather than randomly expanding it for nice cards. Frank says a simple approach is the best stick with Gretzky. Uh, And then Dave, Dave makes this comment, you know, and, and I'll put it up there. I'm not going to read it all because as, as Dave later on saw you, you do this less, you actually do have these other PCs that are your true collector cards, not your, your grail type cards, which is what you refer to as your 45 card PC. Uh, Dave goes on to say in 20 years, it will make you smile. I think you, I think you agree with that. And, but then right down here at some point, he, uh, he says, there you go. And that will be what you build on when you're old like me and you're not buying the grails anymore so i think that's good advice from dave for all of us who are really focused on maybe quality over quantity and that's going to be that's going to be relative to who you are and what you collect but if you are if you are a quality over quantity kind of collector i think it's a good idea to have that sort of secondary pc with with lower value cards that you enjoy for whatever reason and you're gonna be able to really enjoy those down the road and not you don't have to care about the money because for sure each card is no, isn't no there's no card in there worth more than 25 bucks let's say or whatever it might be yeah. so i think there's i think that's great advice from dave and i think it's better it's not just advice for less it's advice for everybody out there who who kind of focuses on quality over sorry yeah quality over quantity um <laughs> Eric says Solani who would collect him. Yeah. Well, you know I do. Every if you watch the show, you know I, he's my favorite player. Jake Dahl says, uh Les, do you have any Austin Matthews limited logos?
2: You know, he's uh he's not a player that I uh I really jumped on. Um, you know, he's he's obviously played very well the last few years, but uh just just nobody I truly believed in to have long-term uh, you know, sustainable value. And I'm I'm probably wrong, but no, he's just a guy I I never got into and don't really care to, to be honest. Well, I probably missed that train anyway.
0: Probably that that happened to me. I was gonna. I wanted his SP Authentic Future Watch Auto. You know, I have a, several of those uh, of good of the best players, and he should be in that collection, Mike. Because I think he is one of those great players. Um, but I, you know, I I, I wasn't willing to pay fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred. Now I think you got to pay six or seven grand. So I'm just kind of out of the running on that card. Uh, for now, but on the same topic, what do you what are your thoughts on Kale McCarr? And the reason I'm asking, we mentioned him earlier for other reasons, but Kale McCarr seems to be like the second coming of Bobby Orr. Now, if that's true, think about Connor McDavid being. And I know it's not. I know it's not a, a direct comparison, but for hobby love purposes, maybe Connor McDavid is like the second coming of Wayne Gretzky. If Cale McCarr is going to be to Bobby Orr, what Connor McDavid is to Wayne Gretzky. Is it too late? It's already too late though, to get on Cale McCarr after he just won the Stanley cup, the MVP in the, in the NHL in the Stanley cup playoffs, he won the Norris trophy for best defenseman in his rookie year. He won the Calder trophy for the best rookie. Um, have we missed the boat on Cale McCarr too? I feel like, like I have, how do you feel?
2: Yeah, no, I I feel definitely the, the prices now are, are a lot more than I'd be willing to pay um, to to take a chance on him and i I know you know he he might be the second coming of Bobby orr but i'm i'm not a hundred percent sold on him being a long-term sustainable investment and I could be wrong there too i probably will be um you know let's see if he uh let's see if he wins a few art rosses like Bobby orr did
0: that'll be that would make him the second coming of Bobby orr for sure okay first of all, thank you to fire sports cards for clarifying that it was Game used cards, and of course, I highly respect that. I'm I'm not a fan of uh, as much of a fan of non-game used cards. I think listen, if you can, it, it's similar to autographs. I don't I, I love on card autos. I don't love the look of a sticker auto, and I don't have very many, if any, I can think of off the top of my hand in my personal collection. But I'm always going to kind of wait for that on card auto versus the sticker. The same way I'm going to wait for a game used piece of memorabilia versus a non-game used piece of memorabilia even though I think there's still a place for them in the hobby. Dave asked, what, not to sound out, what is Limited Logos? And I think it was explained, but Limited Logos are an insert set. They started in Exquisite with basketball in 03-04, and then they were they came out in upper in the cup for hockey. And uh, that's what a Limited Logo is. It's a big patch with an on-card autograph. They're usually at a 50, and they're among the nicest and the most sought-after cards in the high-end products. Hands uh, down the
2: nicest for sure. Hands
0: down. Um, let's go to Skeppy's comment here. He says, Les, what advice can you give for game used patch collectors that want pieces on a lower end budget? What would you look for and why? What what what's the low end budget? Yeah, that's a good question. I'll I'll say, like, I'm I don't even know what to say to that. I don't know what, what Skeppy's getting at, but you know, a few hundred bucks a card maybe. You know, I just thousands of wh- which is where we're at on the on the real good stuff now.
2: Yeah, like I, I remember even that second class of players, you know, like the Isermans and the Sackicks and the Forsbergs, you could pick up their pieces for around the, the three, four hundred dollar range. And I'd say those have, you know, double to triple now. So I I don't really know if it's possible, to be honest. Um, Yeah, just the, the markets change so much. You know, like I, I do get asked that question a lot and I, I just think it's it's very hard to, to get into that game now. You know, if you got in early, you're, you're kind of laughing, but uh, unless you have a significant amount of money or, uh, you know, some really good uh, negotiation skills, yeah, you might
0: have to wait a long time. Well, I'll, I'll just add to that and say, you know, I, I think there are a couple of opportunities out there. For example, you know, you don't have to buy all your cards from Upper Decks to the Cup. You can buy, you know, Leaf makes some really nice cards with Gamey's memorabilia. You're not going to find modern players or current players. You're going to find vintage players, retired Hall of Famers and that. But there is that is one option as well. You can buy other lower end products from upper deck, you know, they've got Allure, which has game used patches of Steve Iserman. And I think Joe Sackick, Mike Medano, great players there. You know, there are all sorts. Yeah. yeah, There, there are other, there are other brands out there. Um, You know, upper deck prime has some, uh, or sorry, upper deck premier has some really nice auto patches. Here's an example of a card I just happened to have on my desk. That's a game used auto patch on card. Numbered out of 25, Pierre Turgeon hall of famer. no, Not a no. He's not a Hall of Famer. I don't think should be. Well, maybe will be one day. But like that's a great card. And this is if this was a limited logos. Actually, funny enough, I happen to have one of his limited logos on the table too. There's a limited logos. The limited logos is probably worth you know a few hundred dollars. Where this is probably worth like eighty bucks or something. I don't know for sure. But upper deck the cup limited logos with a sick patch when he played for Colorado. Smaller patch, but a beautiful card still. And, you know, a fraction of the price of the limited logos, So and that's the reason is really brand equity of this, the overall aesthetics. And of course, the patch is nicer. So I think you can still get into game used memorabilia cards without spending limited logos type of money. Do you agree? Yeah, you
2: know what I'd probably do is I'd probably go for a lot of those pieces that a collector like Tim Heacock has, you know, just amazingly gorgeous, beautiful game used patches. I mean, there's no auto but still the the patches are some of the nicest cards ever ever produced you know so that that probably be my focus cuz sometimes when guys are looking for certain cards and he's post prices on on what he wants for them it's it's mind blowing how how cheap they
0: actually are yeah. yeah yeah Adam this is a great a great call out here by Adam Crawford he talks about uh SP Game Used so an upper deck brand called SP Game Used has supreme patches every year you can you can buy some You know, you're not going to get the Gretzky's and the Ovechkins and the Crosby's for under a few hundred dollars, but you can find these cards, cards from this set, and they make them every year for, you know, you can find some players as low as $10, $15, but of course the better players are going to be, you can find cards, great cards of great players for under a hundred bucks. I think that's probably the best suggestion out of anything that that I've said so far are these uh, Supreme Patches, and they're they're beautiful cards. They're they're just just wonderful cards overall. I want to talk about budgeting for a sec less. Do you set a budget, an annual budget, let's say? No, no, I don't. I just try
2: to make sure that I'm buying new cards with card money, you know, as, as best as I can. It, it doesn't always work. I mean, if there's a card that I absolutely need to jump on and uh, I haven't decided or been able to, to sell the cards that I want to use that money to pay for the new card. Um, you know i'll I'll just buy the card anyway and uh, you know, try to sell the cards over time to uh, to replenish those funds from the uh from the family account there. Um, so no, no, i I don't set a budget. um yeah, just try to buy the cards with with proceeds from other cards for sure.
0: yeah, let me ask you this too then. you know, you talked about that grant fear monumental that you you know, you loved the card, but you just couldn't bring yourself to buy it because it would have opened up the your, your highest level pc it would have opened that high level pc up to all these other players and then you might have just you know gone you can go crazy and and blow the bank how do you like how do you not pull like it's so hard for me to not pull the trigger on a card i really want how do you just how do you not how do you stop yourself from saying to to the monumental brothers all right sell me the card i'll take it and then just take a deep breath and you know Forget about it for a couple of days. How do you not pull the trigger? You know, it, it's just because I I don't love the card enough. You know, if it's
2: if it's a card that I'm actively, you know, chasing like like the Gordy Howe limited logo or the Gretzky Oilers limited logo or any type of Gretzky Oilers game used auto patch. I have zero discipline zero, zero discipline. I'll cash in GICs or I'll take from the kids education fund. I'll borrow off the line of credit. I don't care. I'm buying that card. So I've got zero discipline when it comes to a card I really, really want. And I I probably shouldn't be exposing myself like this to uh, some collectors that may be watching that know there's cards I'm trying to gradually get over time. But you know, it, it doesn't really matter what the number is. I will try my best to get that number down, but I'm buying that card no matter what.
0: I love, I, I just love how you end that I am buying that card no matter what. Like you cannot stop me. That is a, you are a force to be reckoned with for sure let's uh okay i want to i want to ask you this now uh and actually this is a that comes from a it ties into a comment from dave right here where he says does your wife have a hobby that can help with the understanding part of collecting and staying happily married and the reason that ties in is because i have a section here called wife on my notes and i want to i want to know does your wife support (laughs) you in this does she know what you're up to i mean some people you know i've heard all sorts of stories some people say their wife has no clue what they're doing other people say their wife loves what they're doing encourages them to buy cards and some people are somewhere in between how do you fall with your wife keeping in mind that she might watch this at some point in time
2: <laughs> yeah so she does have a hobby and it's it's gardening so she's working day and night to, to get the gardening and the flower beds in in pristine shape you know and she's making 10 or 15 trips to home depot a week just racking up the money you know buying the manure and buying the seed and you know part of me just wants to give it to her for all this money she's spending on the damn garden but i i can't do it you know because look at me i'm a hundred times worse and she doesn't even know the half of it so i just bite my tongue and uh i just let her do her thing um but yeah you know uh I used to hide obviously, you know, in the beginning from my wife, um, you know, the the real amounts of of money that I was spending, but you know, just getting up there in age, you know, I'm in my 40s now and uh, you know, I've uh I've abused my body over the years like most of us have, you know, uh with uh the partying and uh, you know, other extracurricular activities there. So, I don't anticipate I'm going to be around for, you know, another 50 years. And uh, I need my wife to know how much the collection is worth. You know, yeah. so part of estate planning, you know, and, and succession planning, I thought it would be a good idea to, to loop her into to the value of, of some of these cards. Because I don't want a guy like Dipsy McDangles, you know, to wave 5K in her face and get all my Gretzky Oilers Limited logos, right? So I had to make sure she was aware. Of of everything uh, you know that we had, and around the uh, the time that I bought the uh, the McDavid RPA, I, I bought it maybe about three or four years ago. Um, it was a significant amount of money, and it was the culmination of you know selling about twenty or thirty nice cards. And I was upfront with her. You know, I said like, listen, babe, uh, you know he's a player I believe in. I I think this card is going to at least double in value. You know, and I, I think it's it's a great investment. So I, I told her how much I was planning to spend on it. I told her most of the proceeds came from, you know, the sale of other cards. And that opened up another can of words, worms, sorry, you know, wondering to her how I had $30,000 worth of cards, you know, in our house that she was, you know, unbeknownst to obviously. But I bought that McDavid rookie for, you know, just shy of 30K with her blessing. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you paid attention to, uh, to recent comps, but, uh, that card has probably at least doubled or tripled in value. And I've, I've showed her some of the live auctions. So she's been able to see with her own eyes, you know, how profitable some of these cards, you know, truly are. And that's in turn, um, allowed her to, uh, to give me the blessing to, to chase some other cards okay actually she she, she's been amazing we uh we had a large sum of money from a gic that that matured that we were saving for the kids education um and we didn't make a lot you know we had locked it in for i think maybe five years and maybe we made a few thousand dollars you know off of it and we were gonna relock it in for another three years and i think the return on it was gonna be Maybe about fifteen hundred dollars, you know. After that, that three years, and I said, like, babe, let me just invest that money in a card. I can guarantee you, I will make a lot more than that fifteen hundred dollars if you trust me to invest that money in a card. And, and she did, she did. So that was a portion of the money that I use actually to to get that Gretzky exquisite flashback. So that card technically belongs to my kids. I'm supposed <laughs> to sell it in three years, but I have about two and a half years to to come up with uh, another plan to to keep myself from selling that
0: card. So in case in case anybody missed it, Les Les cashed in his his children's education GIC and bought a hockey card. Just so everybody's clear with what happened. But of course, there's more to the story. You know, I have to I have to say it that way. Les, that's I think yeah. it's great. And I you know, I would definitely support that as well. No, that that, that is what I did. <laughs> that's And that's that's fair. Let's say hi to Baz. What's going on? Skeppy uh, says, great examples in terms of other cards for game use. As cool as the high end is, there has to be a trickle down effect towards the lower priced quality patches. For sure, there has been. For sure. And then I know this is uh, Michael Wicker watching on Facebook says, I'm glad I'm not the only one with no discipline on the card front. There's yeah, a lot of us, the, bud. You got a couple of us right here, right now. Uh, Dave says my wife just figures the baseball cards could be a lot worse and she's been to a few shows over the years and just laughs that's the other thing I I tell anybody who's thinking about getting into it and if I'm talking to them and their wife and their wife starts rolling her eyes like there's a lot worse things your husband could be getting into than sports cards so and they always they do they do come around for sure for sure. Dave has 25 items that have explicit written instructions about what auction house to utilize. Should I die unexpectedly? I think that's something that is under discussed and overly important that we as collectors, if you have valuable collections, you need a, you need some sort of a disposition plan, some sort of plan for if, if what's going to happen to it, if, and when you die. So make sure you have your affairs in order that way, everybody Uh, super important. Um, Let's see, Justin says, has anyone put out a series on YouTube yet explaining to widows how to sell high-end collections? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great idea for sure. Latrell Sprewell wants all his Sprewell cards with him in his grave. That was the instructions I gave my wife. Well, we're not talking MJ here, Latrell. We're talking Latrell. So I think everybody in your family might be okay with that for sure. And All Valley says, my girlfriend is a frugal German and doesn't really want me spending money on collectibles. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll reserve my comments other than to say, yeah, you got to talk to your girlfriend. They're all Valley. Let her know what's important to you. I want to ask this Les. Like we you mentioned earlier that you know you're buying cards of the of Gretzky, Gordy Howe, Mario Lemieux. These are the these this is the pinnacle of of hockey. Compared to basketball, you know you've got obviously Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Magic, Larry, Doctor J. All these all these. Awesome Hall of Fame players. Their card, the limited logos, Michael Jordan, Kobe, uh, uh LeBron, they sell for you can't get into anything for under 10 grand. For sure. You and you're and you're you're for some cope for some Michael Jordans, you're in the hundred thousand, you're six figures and up to get like some Michael Jordan. I believe I might be wrong on this, but but you know, you're 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 really high. You're you're close to six figures, if not more, to get some really nice limited logos. Yet in hockey, for now I guess Gretzky has caught up, but you can still get Mario Lemieux limited logos for a couple thousand dollars. You know, Gordy Howe, there just aren't any really out there. And if they are, they're in they're with you. But do you the point of what I'm getting at here is do you think that like hockey is so far behind basketball in terms of the overall hobby love and just the 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 the, the you know, if the hobby if, if like it's like 60% of the hobby collects basketball and like you know 25% or 35% of the hobby collects everything but hockey, then maybe 5% of the hobby collects hockey. Do you think that hockey and not not so much hockey in general, but the high-end hockey is ever going to be able to challenge the high-end basketball in terms of values?
2: Uh, absolutely. I believe that, you know, like when I, when I think to look to the future of hockey, you know, I, I say, look at basketball, look at what the goats in basketball are selling for. And, you know, hockey might, never be one on one on par with basketball, but there's so much room to climb. I I really, really, really do believe it's going to be close someday or I, I wouldn't be spending the significant amounts of money that I am like I I'm backing up that belief with my wallet. I'm all in in believing that they will catch up. And, and just to speak to your point, you know, re- regarding Jordan and the limited logos, So I I was doing a little bit of research, you know, today before the show and I'm in no means a basketball Jordan auto patch expert. So if I'm wrong on these numbers, you know, feel free to correct me. But um, so, yeah, I was trying to look at all the exquisite Jordan Bulls hard signed auto patches out there that Upper Deck produced. Okay, so for limited logos alone, he's got 258 limited logos total in bulls uni okay so then the number pieces for every year out of 23 that's another 138 bulls auto patches then he's got the noble name plates that's another 73 jordan bulls auto patches then he's got the exquisite auto patches most of those are numbered out of a hundred he's got five years of those totaling 450 Okay, and then he's got his exquisite flashback, 23 of those. So in total, Jordan has 942 Bulls game used hard signed auto patches. Right. And, and like you said, you can't find one for cheaper than five figures. It's impossible. And a lot of those early 0304 limited logos sell well into six figures. Okay, so now let's compare Gretzky and his Oilers auto patches. For limited logos, he's got 10. Okay. Jordan has 258. Gretzky has 10. Then he's got the Rookie Review out of 12. So it looks like that. He's got 12 of those. Then he's got the Ultimate Sig patch out of 5. It looks like that. Look at that dirty patch, man. I've smelt mm-hmm. that patch a few times. <laughs> then he's, he's got the limited auto patch, the nice one that that sports card Pete just picked up. So that's a print run of 10, but two are kings. So he's got eight from that set. And then uh, that Lunkfist collector picked up uh, one of his chronology ones out of five. Yeah. I always thought those were practice jerseys because every other subset in that brand are all practice, but those same say game use, so we'll, we'll say they're game use. So there's five there, and then the exquisite that me and you were lucky to own. This guy right there, the one that I could have had for a third of the price off of Terry Fortune there if I wasn't trying to lowball him. So after that one golden fake was proved, you know, there's only 24 of those now. So that's 64 total. 64 Gretzky Oilers, hard signed auto patches compared to 942 Michael Jordan.
0: Yeah. Something doesn't equate there. I mean, even the 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 multiple right there is what is that like 15 to 1, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yet the price of Jordan compared to Gretzky is probably, I don't know, five to one, maybe, maybe a little bit better than that, maybe three to one, something like that. But if you were to like put, do all that math, I think the, I think the Gretzkys are undervalued unless the Jordans are overvalued, but I don't think the Jordans are overvalued because that's what the market tells us and has been telling us consistently. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I think you're smart to be. Having So how many total Gretzky's did you say? What was that number? 64. 64. How many of those 64, how many of that 64 do you own? Uh, 11. 11. Wow. 11 of 64. Yeah. That's a, that's a good chunk. That's a good chunk, man. Congratulations. Thank you. But it's come with hard work and some, some extreme determination and relentlessness to, uh, to, to hunt for these cards. That, you know, part amazing.
2: of me wants to uh, part of me wants to put one out there, you know, get it slabbed, send it to Golden or PWCC and and just just see cuz I'm so damn curious. You know, I I just want to see, but
0: yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Maybe. Crazy. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Okay, I'm going to go to a couple comments here. For a second, Justin uh, Vick says the success of hockey cards rests in the NHL and how it leverages its TV rights. Marco, welcome, says, I think you just have to start slowly and start with the cards you love. I never imagined having the courage to buy a Gretzky Peachy 5.5 rookie and a Crosby BGS 9.5 young guns. I love it. Yes. Good for you, Marco. Uh, Sanderson Taur, also known as Terry Fortune, who we were just talking about, who, uh, who has that card, says, why am I sweating? I think he he sold he ended up selling his copy of the Gretzky Exquisite uh, through an through auction or auction my, or private well, my slabs my slabs my slabs sold it on my slabs. Yeah. A, it, was, it was bought by uh,
2: sure. Murphy Murphy collections off of Instagram. Picked it up.
0: Yeah, great a yeah. great acquisition for sure. Wayne, welcome. Says the core hockey card collectors are here for life. Such a passionate base and growing. And I say that often. I I do think that outside of baseball. Hockey has the most solid foundation of collectors. They're like way fewer sort of fly by night, uh, in and out, flipper type collectors versus what we see in basketball. And nothing against that in basketball. It's just, I, I just think that we do have a very solid core of collectors to keep the market healthy in the long term. Uh, it's just always sure. been healthy. So, uh, Skeppy said, uh, I don't think we're going to see much more Gretzky game use Oiler cards. We may not see any more at all. Yeah, that could be the case. I don't disagree with that at all triple v welcome to the show says fantastic cards interesting discussions thank you very much alan s calls out nine copies of the mystery pack 2000 quad auto oh he's talking about the master collection the the wayne gretzky master collection less which you should add to your numbers those are amazing cards now they may yeah, not have no, one they... where it's just Oilers. Though he's got the card with all with four teams on it, four games. Yeah, card. yeah,
2: there, there's four teams, and he's in a Rangers uniform. It's it's a gorgeous card for sure. Absolutely, it's it's an amazing card. But yeah, not not one that I've actively tried to pursue. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. And uh, Charles says, with such rare cards, you don't need to worry about overpaying because your price then becomes the new comp on your other cards. It's one of the ways I've upgraded several of mine. Very good. Sure. Very good. And then, you know, there's, up-
2: there's three more out there, three more Gretzkys, um of the Oilers Limited logos. One's in Germany. Um, one's in Quebec. There's mm-hmm. another one. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it is. I've never seen it, but I can guarantee you if one auctions, I will make sure. I will make sure the comp is uh is is up there for sure.
0: And you will do that because you will pay you will buy that card and pay for it.
2: I will. I will. And if I don't get it, the winning bidder, uh the winning bidder will be paying at least six figures. I can yeah. promise you that.
0: Well, that just says that you're willing to you're willing to pay that for the next copy yourself. I mean, that's part of the strategy, and I don't think there's any, anything wrong with that. Okay, Wayne says, Gordie Howe, way less population than Mantle and 10% of the value hockey is undervalued. Yeah, that, that does kind of simmer it down to uh, to that simple comment right there, Wayne. Well said. And Joe Perot says, part of being a disciplined collector is doing your research and it's clear that less does his research. It is clear, isn't it? Yes, definitely is clear that less does his research. Okay, I'm just looking to see what we were going to talk about kind of again evolving your collection and how there are you know you've been you've looked at cards there are cards out there that many people love that you don't love but they're very they get a ton of hobby love i know i know one of them is even a card that i love precious metal gems you've never gotten on the pmg train they don't appeal to you that is fine nothing wrong can you name some other cards that are like that are really desirable in the hobby that you just don't love and collect and maybe give your reasons um, you know, it's just it's just personal preference. I can definitely
2: appreciate the value and the beauty of the PMG, you know, and it, it appeals to a lot of collectors for nostalgic reasons. And, and I never had that if I was ripping those from packs, you know, back in the day, I'm I'm sure I'd be all over those as well. But for, for me, it's just it's got to have that auto, it's got to have that game use patch, you know, or I, I don't really care for it. And it's got to be it's got to be hard signs. So you know, I, I know young guns are very popular, you know, amongst collectors and I've, I've lost interest in those, you know, same with the vintage. I've, I've kind of phased out of the vintage aspect of my collecting. Um,
0: why yeah. T- talk, listen, I can understand being, I can understand not being interested in young guns anymore, simply because of the print runs and they're, you know, they're not a card that's hard to get. Some of us, really like to acquire cards that are hard to find. That's what the thrill of the hobby is. It's not being able to go on eBay or other marketplaces any day of the week and finding, you know, 50 copies to choose from as you can with a young gun or a Gretzky rookie, even, or a Jordan rookie. So, you know, I I get that. Um, But are there, are there any other sort of cards where you're just like not interested in them and people seem to love besides the PMGs, anything else come to mind?
2: Yeah, basically everything that doesn't fit with what I'm trying to do. So if it's not a limited logo or a monumental patch or a Gretzky Oilers, you know, game used uh, hard signed auto there, I uh, I don't really I I just have yeah. no desire, you know. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: And where I meant to go with that before I just lost my train of thought briefly was with vintage. So when it comes to to vintage and you phased out of that. Can you explain why you phased out of it for yourself?
2: Yeah. So I, I think I touched on it a bit earlier when I when I said the the lack of being able to control the market and too many collectors um, you know, can controlling that market or, you know, setting setting the new price. That was one reason. And and the other reason, you know, like I, I loved my vintage. You know, I I had a Gretzky beautiful PSA 8. I had the Jordan PSA 8. I had the Lemieux PSA 9. I had a Bobby Orr uh, 4.5 PSA, Gordie Howe PSA 4. Like they were gorgeous cards. And you know, because I consulted you for pretty much all of them before pulling the trigger. You know, And, and it was just to me, it was just a matter of triaging the PC and which cards I loved the least when I needed to drum up funds to buy a bigger chase so i got decent money for those vintage cards and and ultimately that's what got me that gretzky shield you Mm -hmm. know and even though that's not my favorite card in my pc i think that card has the greatest potential because it's the logo man version of of whatever for hockey right and I see that as a seven-figure card someday. Other people might, you know, think I'm, I'm stupid, but I really do believe that that card has the biggest potential. So I just look at it, you know, like these five vintage cards and a handful of other cards. Would I trade those straight up for the shield? Absolutely, I would. And that's why I sold them, and that's why I bought the shield.
0: What is your favorite card in your collection? Is it the one that I put on the YouTube thumbnail? For sure it is for sure hands down yeah, yeah it's
2: it's 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 a tough it's a toss up for sure like i i love that card and i i absolutely love that Iserman monumental batch that i uh, i just recently picked up and that was another card that i'd been trying to get off those brothers for a number of years and uh you know they they weren't making those extremely rare cards available um you know and maybe maybe it's a bit of a spoiler here but they uh they do plan on getting out at some point. And I, I think they're going to be selling off everything here, um, aside from a few McDavid oil drops. And that was a card that they were willing to give me priority before, you know, putting it out to uh, the open market. And the price was was hard to swallow. But again, like I said earlier, you know, I had made up my mind that I was buying that card and I didn't try to negotiate too much. I just paid the price.
0: Yeah, I, I... Sometimes that's what you gotta do. That's a, the power of these cards. Hey, it's uh it really is uh it really is a, a strong force that some that the uh, cards have over. I'll rest. just
2: I'll just show it here really quick for you know some people that yeah, might let's not see know it. what I'm just, talking about no, there.
0: That is just the stupidest card I've ever seen. Good stupid.
2: Yeah. And like, it's a one-on-one to boot, so
0: yeah. I mean Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman to me is kind of like at you know at the top with a few other players at the top of that second tier of all timers behind only like the Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr, you know those guys, and then you know you can maybe have Crosby, McDavid in there too, Ovechkin, and Eiserman is like right right there neck and neck with those last few names that I just named as far as one of the best and most collectible players of all time for for various. Various reasons. Skeppy says that Eisman monumental is really nice. I think he is overlooked in history too much. Yeah, fair, fair enough. i um, going to go to this comment from Wayne. What's your opinion on Black Diamond rookie jumbo patches seem cheap and nice looking? Well, they're they're manufactured patches, Wayne. I avoid them. I avoid them deliberately. I do not like them at all. Just to give you my my personal, honest opinion uh charles says the monumental patch oh my god insane thanks for sharing jagger is up yeah jagger is up there too for sure junk wax museum likes that card as well uh charles did say i would argue the high grade vintage rookies are equally scarce and beautiful and have upside some of them are scarce but yeah you can find them you can still find them but hey as you know and as charles knows as well i'm a big fan of of vintage rookies too so um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna crap on those at all. And I I I might go
2: back there someday. I I probably will go back there someday for sure. You know, once things uh, settle down a bit. So
0: yeah. Right on. Um, Okay. I wanted to talk to you about uncomfortable situations um, (laughs) when acquiring big cards. And uh, I know you have one story in particular that when you told me this, I like, I couldn't believe it. So uh, why don't you tell the story? I think it has to do something. Something has to do something with buying a card from Hong Kong. I'll let you uh, take it away.
2: Yeah. So it goes back to that exquisite auto patch that you know both of us were trying to get off. Of Terry there, so um, you know missed out on it. There were a couple that uh, you know kind of surfaced. Uh, the one at National, you know that that you scooped up right away. You know probably the uh, the find of the century there. You know in a, in a couple lesser patches that had sold um openly um on auction like the one that we watched you know mm-hmm. at the uh at the expo i think it was uh, a one color with a tiny little square of blue in the corner and it sold for around 56 us or something along those yeah. lines
0: yeah. yeah yeah
2: so i was i was desperate to land one of those cards you know and you know that because i tried to get yours multiple times to uh to no avail there and uh murphy collections
0: i thought i did put a price
2: on it didn't i yeah i think it was like 250k or something i think i quoted
0: you a quarter mil on it yeah (laughs) yeah so so
2: jeff proctor murphy collections the uh the guy that had bought terry's off of my slabs found this one off of some random guy on instagram okay is uh I think his handle was Cardboard429 and he was based in Shanghai or, you know, somewhere in China. Um, Yeah, and uh, I started communicating with the guy, uh, not knowing if he was legit, you know, but uh, I wanted the card pretty bad. So, um, you know, negotiated for it. He didn't want to sell it at first, but I I worked him down over a few months. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to make a point, too. I just want to segue a bit. You know, into into how I've been able to to build the collection to to where it is, because um, I, I get asked that question a lot by other collectors, and I I find that a lot of guys appreciate what I've been able to accumulate, and they want to put those cards in the collection. Right. So after I've closed deals on a lot of these other big Gretzkys, you know, I I always hear like it belongs with you, you know, so cards like that, that some collectors don't normally make available to other people. They're willing to put into my collection, one, because, you know, I I pay close to what they're asking and and two they they get some sense of, you know, satisfaction, knowing that it's going to this this epic style PC. So this was the case with with the exquisite. and The guy finally agreed to sell to me. Um, And again, complete stranger. Didn't know him from a hole in the ground. Didn't know anybody who knew him. Anybody who could vouch for him. But I I just wanted the card so bloody bad I was willing to take that chance. So I wired this guy money, you know, just hoping... He would end up sending me the card. It was a significant amount of money. As I have told you before, you know, the actual price. I, I won't openly let me, share it.
0: Yeah. And let me just ask you this, because there's been a story going around the Twitter and, and Instagram world this past week or so about somebody who didn't get a card for $30,000. They had sent the money and they didn't get the card. And people are like, well, serves you right. You didn't put insurance on it and all that. My only yeah. question is, this amount of money that you spent don't divulge of it was it north of thirty thousand dollars if you are it was at
2: least yeah yeah it was probably three times three times that amount
0: okay so yeah okay I think that's significant and just because of that most recent story that's going around right now and yeah. a lot of people have been referencing it lately and here we are with a story uh of, for triple the money and uh but anyway please continue yeah you know so uh
2: I basically, I don't know, I don't know what it was. I was probably stupid. It was probably very foolish, um, but just something, uh, something inside of me said that you know the guy, the guy seemed honest, and uh, you know it was it was worth taking the chance on, you know. So so I did. I wired him the money, and uh, he was good. He stayed in contact with me, like just waiting for the uh, international transfer to clear. I I think it took 48 hours, and you know messaging him messaging him every hour. Did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? And, you know, finally, finally him receiving the money and then, you know, getting ready to to ship it out and we didn't put any insurance on it. Um, I think we declared $50 as a value on the, uh, on the FedEx forum, just cause obviously we didn't want to, uh, alert, you know, anybody at customs and, uh, you know, have to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe pay some more money just to, uh, to make sure it got to me safely. And, uh, yeah, it all ended up working out, you know, I, I opened up the package and, you know, there was the card and I got to say the, the five or six days waiting for it to, to come to me were some of the most stressful, uh, stressful days of my life for sure. I was chain darting and, uh, yeah, drinking a lot and not sleeping and, the wife was wondering what was up with me, and you know, I told her I was just stressed at work. I didn't want to tell her what I had actually done because, as understanding as she is, uh, yeah, there's no way she would have been cool with that. So, yeah, um, everything ended up working out.
0: <laughs> That's so funny, man. I mean, you know, just the risk that you were willing to take to get this card. It this all comes back to your desire, your passion for owning these pieces of of cardboard it's it's phenomenal i mean it's an extreme it's it's really you're an extreme collector i would say with the just the the level of you know what you're willing to go through to get these cards even the five or six most stressful days of your life over over a sports (laughs) card i mean you know you've got you've got a you've got a family You, you haven't experienced the stress with your family that you've experienced with sports cards it's uh some 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 funny com- some comments coming in here. Punt pass click. I rarely say this, but I am impressed. Right there, uh, Charles says that's a crazy story. Very high risk. Yes. Joe says, oh man, that takes some cojones. And congratulations. Of course, this is what I asked you when you told me the story. The same thing that Rich, uh, if it'll come up, uh, says right here. I would have flown to Shanghai to pick up the card. Yeah, I would have too. I would have spent that extra four or five grand, get on a plane, literally have the guy meet me at the airport and turn around and fly right back or as soon as I can, you know, first class each way, like spend five grand on that airline ticket. Um, why didn't you? You know, if I was a single guy,
2: you know, obviously that's that's something that I, I would have done for sure. Um, but, you know, having a, an understanding but not so understanding wife and, And a family like I just I don't even know what complex lie I would have had to come up with to to be gone for four or five days you know
1: (laughs) yeah just it just
0: wasn't feasible right right for sure Adam Lynn says my stomach is in knots just hearing the story I can't even imagine taking that bet well done haha exactly like I Yeah, Skeppy says for that amount of money, someone is getting on a plane, right? But no, no one got on a plane in this particular instance. Ben Mitchell says you need to use TradeSafe. Yeah, TradeSafe could have helped out in that situation. I think uh, Charles Smith made the comment as well. TradeSafe Hub should be able to prevent these higher risk transactions. And yes, I I agree. Of course, we should be able to help with transactions like that. Definitely. And then Charles makes this comment. Les just pivoted from hardcore, disciplined, studious collector to completely insane junkie fair fair point fair point fair point for sure all right man well any other uncomfortable situations you've been in to acquire these cards
2: they've all centered around shipping man like that that thirty thousand dollar mcdavid uh tracking didn't update for six days i shipped that card without insurance too and uh yeah five or six days no tracking you know it, it just it stayed at the uh at the pickup depot and that was another very 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 stressful occasion and then shipping that shield from california um you know uh a guy that i just had one collector vouch for um that was also very nerve-wracking so yes they've all centered around shipping super expensive cards with no insurance
0: yeah i gotta give you some advice pal in the future get on that plane like just save yourself that six days. Just go and and go and just turn around. You don't need to stay. No sightseeing. No tourist activities. Go there. Have them meet you at the airport and get the first flight back home. Right? Well, you That's- know the uh, the the whole point of
2: uh, going to national um, and and taking my wife there is is to educate her. You know she uh, she knows we have some valuable cards in that safety deposit box, but I I don't think she fully understands just how potentially valuable you know most of the times when when i'm trying to explain to her she she thinks i'm talking out my you know the the side of my whatever and she doesn't fully believe that there's people out there willing to buy these cards off of us someday for that amount of money so i want her to see the sticker prices at the cards that are going to be at the national i want her to see the stacks of cash you know, that are getting tossed around. I want other collectors to tell her, yes, your husband does have some valuable cards there. So maybe one day she will be in support of me flying across across the country to sell or buy a significantly expensive
0: card. The world, not the country, the world, the world. Yes, the world. Yeah. Adam Crawford, six days of no tracking updates equals six years off your life expectancy. For sure, JP, best story ever. Yeah. Some good stuff there for sure. All right, man. Well, listen, we've got through the notes here. Um, you will be at the national with your wife. I know that I'm looking forward to looking forward to seeing you there. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on, uh, before we wrap this up? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think so. Let me just see. I I had a few, uh,
2: side notes here as well.
0: Anyone else you want to Um, shout out? You mentioned, uh, You mentioned a couple of influential collectors in your, uh, in your history. Um, Yeah. You want to shout out?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I definitely want to shout out, uh, you know, Jordan Stewart guy. We talked about a bit earlier on, Um, you know, he like, you talk about me being relentless, like that guy, you know, when he decides he's going to accumulate a certain type of card, he gets every single card, you know, that's available on the market, on eBay, through private sales. Like the guy is literally relentless, um, you know. So, you know, those uh, those Crosby tributes, like the beautiful cards, you know, that, that I've showed you before. I used to have the Woods and the LeBron and uh, I think I had the Jordan as well. Like those all originated from Jordan Stewart. He had almost the entire master set. I think he was just missing three or four cards. Um, So yeah, Jordan's put a lot of cards into my PC because what he'll do is when he's done accumulating all of the cards of this particular subset that he's trying to get, he'll get bored and then he'll mass liquidate everything on eBay and then move on to the next chase. So before he does that, he would give me you know, priority preference to, to kind of pick off what I wanted. And I was able to get a lot of my big Gretzky's off of him, you know, in, in that regard um, as well. And uh, yeah, Dipsy McDangles, you know, TJ Williams got into that circle, me, him, and Jordan. We've all become, you know, pretty good friends and we've had a very competitive, but healthy collecting history together you know, those guys have definitely had influence on me. Um, Anthony Swiatek is another, you know, old school collector. I refer to him as the godfather a lot of times because he had a lot of the biggest shields, Gretzky shields and high-end auto patches, you know, that that I have today. He, you know, he had many years ago, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago before other collectors realized how truly desirable you know, those those cards would be. And uh yeah, he, he yeah was I just want to c- thank he was ahead Sorry of the curve.
0: He was ahead of the curve, Anthony. He
2: definitely then. was. He definitely was. And yeah, you know, just there's a lot of guys in my circle now, uh, you know, that I, I lean on for advice before, you know, any big purchase, you know, guys with phenomenal collections themselves. Uh Jonathan Gale, you know, sports card counsel on Instagram. He's recently picked up a lot of big Gretzky one on one patches. Um, you know collectors that you've had on the show recently sports card pete shanghai collector i go to those guys for a lot of advice um yeah those mp brothers stefan perot he's another collector that's given me priority um instead of testing the market where he could have got thousands of dollars um you know more for a lot of those big cards just respecting the collector in me um and giving me opportunity to buy those cards so i'm thankful to all those guys because without those guys, my PC wouldn't be where it is today, for sure. Yeah,
0: for sure. Right on, right on. Okay, going to go to some comments, and we're going to wrap this up, everybody. Terry Fortune has a new business idea. I will fly and pick up cards for people. Justin Vick will be his security. Uh, David Chow, who is Shanghai Collector, says, If there are any future cards anyone wants to buy from China, I can help to check the source. And, I mean, that, that's a... That's a great offer, and David was on the show with me about a month or so ago. So definitely would uh, would trust him to uh, help out in 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 China. That's really nice of you. Uh, Skeppy says you should play for high end Gretzky, song between portables. Great show, <laughs> fellas. Thanks, Skeppy, as as always. Justin, good show. Glad y'all got to be got to get uncomfortable. I'm glad y'all got to the uncomfortable situation part. Yes, I am too, Justin. Thank you, thank you. Al G, what is going on, Al? Glad you enjoyed the show and thanks for joining. And Rich says, hit the like button. 28 likes only right now. I'm not I'm not a big uh I'm not a big like whore, but uh, if you want to hit the like button, I greatly, greatly appreciate it, everybody. Um, okay, Les, I think I think we're good here. You good? I'm good, man. All right. So everybody follow Les on Instagram. There it is on the ticker at lesliesnipes Snipes187 as well. In about 10 minutes, I'm going to be back live with Mitch and Al Grotman on After Hours. I'm going to put the link to that episode in the chat right now. There you go. You should see it there. You click on that. That'll take you right to the episode that we are about to start again in about, well, we're going to go live very soon here. So Mitch, you're out there. Uh, Let me know. And um, I'll see you in this, in the other studio very soon. Drew Herndon makes an appearance. What is going on? From let me get that potograph. Great to see you, Drew. Thanks for stopping by. Okay, Les, I believe we are done. There is Mitch, so Mitch is ready to go. I'm I'm I, I'm sure his father Al is ready to go too. So we'll be back again five ten minutes or so. Watch the channel. Watch that link I just put in there, and um, that's it. That is it, Les, buddy. This has been fun. Thanks for joining. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. Honestly, I do. Thank you. Yeah. It, It's been great. Nice to have you. Thanks, Charles. Everybody else. Oh, here we go. Fire says, one of your best shows. Really enjoyed this. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, everybody who's going to put a comment in after I end this broadcast, which is going to be right about watch late. There you go, Drew. I'm coming back on another episode in a couple minutes here. So hopefully you can pop in there as well. That's it, everybody. This one is over, but we will see you very soon. And if not tomorrow, tomorrow tomorrow. Reza Aryan, also Black Mamba Exquisite on Instagram, will be joining me on Collectible Live on this channel at 7 o'clock Eastern. But for now, this one is over. Les, thanks again, buddy. Great to see you, but hang tight right there.